Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, aimed at helping you live an active, healthy, and enjoyable life in and around Spokane, Washington. Brought to you by Gordon Physical Therapy. And now, here's your host, Dr. Luke Gordon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast. Uh, This is Luke Gordon, your host. And uh, as I warned you on the last episode today, I'm back, and it's just me uh, no guest interview today, but wanted to talk to you guys about um, what I'm hoping will be some really useful information and kind of covering a, a wide topic. Uh, it's the new year here, so we're just starting off 2020. And so the overall topic is just how to make 2020 um, potentially your best year ever, or just make some uh, improvements, uh, make some gains. A lot of people talk about, you know, new year, new you um, versus, you know, it's the same you, but maybe you just want to live the, the best version of yourself this year. So I'm going to cover a wide variety of, again, what I think is pretty useful information. Some of it is going to be a little more along the lines of mindset. So a little more theoretical, how do you have to think and act and behave if you want to achieve certain goals or certain outcomes. And then um, after we kind of cover the mindset and some of those overarching things that I think are super important, more like your foundational principles, then we're going to get into a little bit more tactical. So um, what are some specific things that you need to do if you want to achieve specific goals, like I said, or if you want to make certain changes in your life, whether that's for your health or, you know, your stress management or your emotional well-being or any of these things. So again, we'll start kind of with the overall you know, kind of bird's eye view, which I think of a little more as uh, the principal level or strategic level, you know, what do you have to do in order to um, put yourself in a position to succeed? And then I'll go over some, a little bit more tactical advice on, you know, here's what you do first, here's what you do second, third, fourth. The other thing I'm going to share um, as we go along is several resources with you. So the majority of these ideas that I've got written down, which I've got 10 of them written down, Um, which sounds like a lot, but hopefully it won't be too overwhelming. But, you know, you can always pause and split this up if you want to. But most of the ideas are coming from a specific book that I've read um, or a couple, two or three books. And um, I'll I'll list these off as we go. And then I'm going to put together kind of the master list of the the books that I'm referring to in the show notes. So if you want to check those out, I mean, you can, of course, jot them down. But if you're driving or something like that as you're listening, um, look for those show notes and I'll I'll give you all those books that I'm talking about in case you want to follow up with them. So good. So I hope you're ready for some information. We'll get going here um, with number one. Again, we're on the principal level here. If you're trying to make some positive changes in your life, what do you need to do in order to to live a better life this year or just to feel better, have more fun, uh, more enjoyment, things like that? And number one, and, and I kind of put these in order of my favorites, more or less, what I think is most important. So number one, the biggest thing I think you can do if you want to have uh, more prosperity, just a bit better life, again, more happiness in in the year or whenever you decide to listen to the podcast is this idea that control equals responsibility. So control equals responsibility. If you're familiar with math, of course, then the the opposite is also true. Responsibility equals control. Uh, So basically, there's a couple facets to this idea, but the, the main idea is that it's up to you at some point to decide that you are in control of your life and you are therefore responsible for it. And I know that sounds kind of like real basic, like of course that makes, hopefully makes total sense. But if you look at the average person around you, people are pretty far from that in my opinion. Um, A lot of people are saying, well, you know, this happened to me or this happened to me and um, I'm the victim of this or I was treated unfairly, um, which may be the case in certain circumstances. But the more that you start to take responsibility for your life and for how things happen in your life and what good things come to you and what bad things come to you, the more you're going to start to feel like you have control. And control is a big thing. 
um, because I think a lot of us are actually wanting more control. We want to feel like we're the ones who are living the life that we want to live. We are choosing actively which direction we're taking our lives. We're choosing how we prioritize uh, the activities in our lives, the people in our lives, and all these things. But most people hit this huge mental block where they just, they kind of relinquish control or they feel like someone else is in control or the government is in control or whatever. Now, obviously, there are some things that you're never going to have control over, and that's fine. But the trick there is don't worry about those. I mean, to some, it's good to be aware of them, of course, but you have to worry and focus your energy and attention on the ones that you can control. So again, uh, that's number one. Control equals responsibility. Responsibility equals control. If you'd like more control of your life, then start taking responsibility for your life. Start saying, well, uh, the reason I am where I am now is that I am, a, um, I am a product of the choices I've made in my life. And that's basically where all of us are. Um, and if I would like to get to somewhere else in my life, the only way for me to get there is to take control, make better decisions or different decisions, take responsibility for the outcomes, learn from my mistakes and go forward. Um, the other thing uh, that I want to mention um, along these same lines is that uh, part of this process of taking control and responsibility is just to stop blaming others um, for where you're at. You know, whether you feel like you've had a good shake in life or uh, you've been treated, like I said, unfairly or unjustly or didn't have the opportunities other people had, stop blaming others. Stop looking around at other people and seeing what they have that you don't have, things like that. It all comes back to you and what you can do to improve yourself. So again, take that control. My business coach, whose name is Paul, he has a good saying, um, you know, we, when we do our meetings with our business owners and say, well, if you've had a good year, that's your fault. If you've had a bad year, that's your fault too. Which may be a, kind of a negative way to say it, but it's totally true. I mean, if you've had a great year, it's probably because you did the things you needed to do to make it that way. And if you had a bad year, it's probably because you didn't make the decisions you needed to make. And with any luck, you've learned from that and um, you've taken control and go forward from there. The other idea that I think fits nicely with this is um, the idea that if you don't like something in your life, um, then it's up to you to change it. Nothing worse, <laughs> excuse me for saying so, than the people who, you know, you don't, you don't see your friends but twice a year and it's the same conversation every time you talk to them. It's the same complaints about all these things they don't like. And, you know, if you're a little bit like me, you're kind of screaming in your head at them, uh, <laughs> not out loud. But, like, if you don't like it, then, then change it. I mean, it's your life. Obviously, there's some things you can't change, but there's quite a few things you can. So if you don't like it, change it. And then uh, lastly, just to wrap up this first one, is that basically the only thing you can change is you. So any change that you want in life is going to start and end with you. Um, you know, if you want to change uh, your personal life, your personal relationships, you want to change your business life, your work life, um, your level of prosperity and success, every single change that's going to manifest in those aspects of your life has to start with you on a personal level. So you really can't expect to not change anything about who you are personally, but then expect success in other areas of life just because you've kind of compartmentalized things. So bring it all back to you. Again, we're kind of, again, at the bird's eye level here or the principal level, um, but you've got to think along those lines that all change, whether good or bad, is going to start with you, and it will not start with anyone else. So again, if you're one of those people that tends to externalize and say, well, I, I could do better about this if only so-and-so was more supportive or if only my spouse did this or they didn't do that or whatever or if only these people didn't hold me back in life whatever you can't change those people so stop thinking about it stop wasting your time and energy on it 
and just focus on what you can change, which is you and your mindset and your outlook. And, um, and ultimately, once you do that, then you can start to kind of change your output or your activities. So hopefully that one makes some level of sense. That's number one. And uh, that's my favorite one out of most of my readings. Um, I don't have a book for you on that one, although the, um, the author that I follow in the business world is uh, Dan Kennedy. And um, if you like <laughs> super dry, sarcastic business type stuff, read some Dan Kennedy. And if you don't, then uh, read something different. He's very gruff, I guess you could say. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, uh, and this is a really common one. You're gonna, if you do read any of these types of books about personal growth and development, or even um, you know business growth and development, you're gonna come across this idea of um, positive thinking, and basically the power of positive thinking. Again, sounds like a no-brainer. You know, if you think positive thoughts, then you know good things will come your way. Um, but I'm gonna kind of go through a few more of the details here because I think uh, there's a little more to it than that. Before I jump in there. Lots of books on this stuff. Uh, the original book called The Power of Positive Thinking was Norman Vincent Peale. And again, I'll put this in the show notes. A lot of other books on um, positive thinking. I just read a book just within the last week or two called The Energy Bus, which I really liked. It was a really simple version of how to like harness positive thinking and positive energy to basically bring things your way. Um, and it was a kind of a cute, simple little story about this guy uh, who gets on the bus and the bus driver and then the other passengers on the bus are basically educating him. And there's these 10 different principles, which I didn't write down or bring with me, but 10 ways to really kind of harness the, the power of positive thinking and, you know, put it into your life. So that's a good one. If you want just like a real light, easy read, uh, that's Energy Bus. The other one that I'm reading right now, which is kind of interesting, um, it's called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And uh, this is the story of a very successful attorney who basically is just running himself into the ground physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, has a heart attack, and then he just takes off to India and studies under these monks. So again, I, I like these two, between the monk and who's oldest Ferrari and Energy Bus, because they're very easy to read. They're written as stories, which to me is, um, is pretty entertaining and enjoyable. But the monk who sold his Ferrari is also talking about uh, one of the things you need to control is the thoughts that are in your head. And basically, it's just this idea that your thoughts are very powerful and they have their own energy, which you might say kind of sounds um, a little bit voodoo-ish or a little bit heebie-jeebie. Um, but if you talk to people who are like in the physics world, they actually can prove to you that your thoughts have energy. Um, different books will refer to it like as a vibration, but nowadays they will, they will say your thoughts actually have their own wavelengths and they have their own energy. And so when you're thinking things, you actually are putting off these little wavelengths, you know, out into the world. And whether you consider that out into the universe or out towards a spiritual being or whatever it is, um, scientifically, they'll actually show you that there is energy to your thoughts. And the general um, thought with in the physics world is that like attracts like. So basically, if you tend to think positive thoughts and you think optimistically and you tend to focus your, your mental energy on um, good things and trying to attract good things, you actually will physically. And um, again, this has been shown in a lot of books and um, you probably know a person or two in your life who is just super positive and good things tend to come their way. So, and again, I think the reason I wanted to kind of talk about this one too is that it's, for a lot of people, it's easier said than done because I, I think it's, it's one of those things that most of us just don't practice 
And if you don't practice thinking positively or you don't know what to do with all of these negative thoughts that bounce into your head just because they've been bouncing into your head for so long, it's, um, it's not as easy as it sounds. So there's a lot of interesting advice about it. Uh, one of the ones I wanted to share was, um, I believe in the monk who sold his Ferrari, he talks about it as um, opposition thinking. And so the idea is that, um, you know, you get this negative thought in your head, you know, you're not going to be successful at this or that, or, you know, your relationship with uh, your spouse is on the rocks and, you know, you're angry about this, is that you really can't, um, you really can't get rid of your negative thoughts. All you can do is try to bump them out of your head with a positive one. So you can't really tell yourself to stop thinking about a negative thought so much as you can shift your focus to a positive one and push the other one out. And this goes back to the idea that basically, as human beings, we really don't multitask um, at all. I mean, you look at certain jobs and we talk about the importance of multitasking, doing this, splitting your attention, but really as a species, and probably I, I imagine the, the rest of the world's the same way, we just don't do it, we can't do it. Um, it's, not, it's not really that possible for you to focus on two things at once. So this is the idea that you really can't stop the negative thinking, but you can bump it out just by focusing on something positive. But again, that takes some level of practice. Um, so they talk about that in quite a few different books. And I'll get to a couple other kind of topics here. I just want to make sense of this before I go on. One thing that I think is important too, and this is basically the same thing, but it's really important to think about what you do want in your life, what you would like to attract into your life or pull towards you or, or work your way towards which is very different than thinking about what you don't want. So let that sink in a little bit. Instead of identifying in your life these areas that you don't like or don't want, change them around, put the positive spin on them if you like, and think about what you do want. What would you like the situation to look like? What would you like your home life to look like? What would you like your personal life to look like? What would you like your health to look like? Um, what would you like your to look like at work, you know? What are the things you do want? And stop thinking along the negative lines of what you don't want. So that's one thing I wanted to throw in there. I've got some other, another quote I just wrote down that I really like that I think might resonate with people is um, uh, Henry Ford has this famous quote that says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So whether you think you can, you know, fill in the blank, do this or do that, or you think you can't, you're right. And he was just, I think, demonstrating with that quote that the power of your thinking really dictates a lot of what you manifest in life. And if you believe, and I didn't write this down as one of the, the 10 points, but, but faith comes up a lot in most of these books. And I'm not necessarily talking about faith in a spiritual being or anything like that, but just the faith that these things are achievable in your life and they are going to come your way. And even if they don't come your way right away, you're going to figure out how to get to them. I'm having that unshakable faith is really, really important for a lot of successful people. So again, whether you think you can achieve certain things or you think you can't, you're probably right. So a good place to start for most of us is just change the way you think. If you find yourself thinking negative thoughts or you find yourself thinking, well, I can't do this or I can't do that, you need to just really analyze what's going on and see where those are coming from and then see what you can do to shift your focus onto what you can do and what you think you can be successful with. So again, this is all under that big umbrella of the power of positive thinking. Another one of my favorite books, which I would recommend everyone read, um, and I really like it because it's a, it's only like it'd probably take an hour to read it. Last time I checked, it was like $3 on Amazon, um, but it's called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. 
And like I said, really good read if you're looking to kind of break out of the norm and um, I guess achieve a little higher than most people will tell you you can. And so the strangest secret um, he goes through with the book is, and basically there's a lot to the book for such a short book, but the strangest secret, the way he looks at it, is that you, we become what we think about. And um, so it's kind of a double-edged sword uh, when he kind of ex describes it in the book and says, well, basically, if you think about all of these positive things and the direction you want to go in life, um, that's what you will become. You will get there. Um, just by simply thinking about it at the same time, if you think the other way about how unfair life is and how all these things are happening and how they're out of your control and all these things, that's exactly what you're going to get out of life as well. So again, it just goes down to the power of your thoughts. Good quote. If you like quotes, you write this one down. And we actually have this at home uh, in our hallway. My wife framed it years ago. My son decorated it uh, with markers and tape and she framed it. But this is a good quote for you to remember. So it goes like this. It goes, your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. Say it one more time just in case you're driving or don't have a uh, pen handy yet. So your mind is a garden. Your thoughts are the seeds. You can grow flowers or you can grow weeds. And I thought that was interesting because, I, like I said, I was just reading the, the monk who sold his Ferrari book. And uh, I think there's going to be like seven principles. And I'm not done with it yet. Um, but the first principle is the, your thoughts. You've got to master your thoughts. And they also use pretty much the same analogy as that, that quote that we have in our hallway, is that um, your mind is a garden. And if there's any gardeners out there listening to the podcast, you really know how diligent you have to be with keeping those weeds out of your garden. Um, because it's so much easier to stay on top of a few weeds and just to do, you know, weed a little bit every day, constantly kicking those weeds out to nourish all of the good things in your garden that you want to grow. And those are your positive thoughts and your goals and things. You have to be so diligent because even a few little weeds can really take over your entire garden. And they're pretty extreme about talking about it uh, in the book that I was mentioning, The Monk and, and His Ferrari. He's saying like even just one little negative thought creeping into your mind can just ruin your entire garden. And so they talk about some strategies for how you focus on positive thinking and things like that. One of which I just I already mentioned was the opposition thinking where you know, if you do have the negative thought, just try to bump it out with a positive one. But I really like that quote. And I think if you can, um, I like the analogy too. you know, your mind being a garden and, and just really try to nourish that garden and don't let any of these negative things in, you know, don't let in the chemicals and the weird stuff that you don't want to, to ruin your food. So I like that quote. Um, the other thing that I like uh, along the same lines of power of positive thinking is the law of attraction. Lots of books on the law of attraction it's basically along the same lines as we've already talked about on, on this one is that you tend to attract those things in your life that you think about, um, especially if you think about them um, in, in intimate detail and you really visualize them clearly. Uh, so probably the most famous book on the law of attraction is um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And then there's other ones on the law of attraction. I think one of them is called The Secret. So if you like that stuff, like I said, I'll put these um, books in the show notes and you can kind of check them out on Amazon and see if you want to order one or two. So again, watch those thoughts in your mind. Um, they really can have a huge impact on your perception of the world around you and what you think you can and can't do, which before you try to get into any of the tactical stuff that we're going to talk about, you've got to start with that foundational type stuff. So that was number two. Hopefully you're still with me. We're 20 minutes in here. Number three then. This is an easy one. This is a little more tactical. Just read something. 
That's it. Number three, read something. Or for the love of everything, read a book. Talk about positive energy that we just talked about. Uh, nothing to me could be more negative on a daily basis for the average human being, especially in the United States of America, than the TV. Um, or you could throw in social media in there as well. When you talk about the importance of keeping the energy positive, keeping your thoughts positive, focusing on the things that you want to attract into your life, that you want to move yourself towards, nothing can derail you quicker, in my opinion, than watching the TV, particularly the news. Now, I don't expect everyone listening to agree with me on this. You say, well, Luke, I've got to watch the news because I've got to see what's going on in the world. Great. I get it. Could we condense it down? You know, could you put it into 10 minutes of your day instead of three or four hours like some people I know? I mean, at the end of the day, can you just try to, how do I put it? Can you just try to see the news for what it is too? I mean, I think it's pretty laughable when you look at news these days and you say, let's go turn on Fox and watch the news for an hour. And let's go turn on MSNBC and watch the news for an hour. And I can almost guarantee you they're talking about the same exact event or story, but with wildly different perspectives. So maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle. Maybe the truth is out in left field. Hard to say, but I think you most people can still keep up with general current events and trends if they'd like to without watching three or four hours of TV at night or without spending an hour or two a day on their social media because, again, so much of it is negative. So, again, think along those lines. If you're trying to attract positive things into your life, a lot of it is going to start to what start with what you put inside your head. And if you're letting all of these negative things pop into your head, you can kind of bet that these things are resonating. They've got their own energy, and they're going to attract more negativity into your life. So again, instead of watching the TV, or even if you do watch the TV, turn it off at some point and read something positive or listen to something positive. It could be a podcast. I go on Amazon for most of my books. Uh, a lot of them are audiobooks too. I can listen to them in the car. I can put them on the, um, the iPod and listen to them on the plane, stuff like that. So there's a lot of stuff like that out there. I wanted to mention two of my favorites. Uh, my absolute favorite book pretty much ever, it's kind of a weird title, but it's a really solid book. And it's year after year, it's one of the top 10 business books. And this, is, this book has been out since like the 30s. And it's called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Sounds kind of weird, you know, the influence people part, but um, it's really just how to be a good person and... The nice thing with most of these books, too, is that they're directly applicable to your personal life and your interpersonal life, uh, you know, spouse, significant other, and your business life because they're just on the principle level. It's like this is how you want to behave. This is how you want to act. This is how you get people to know that you care about them. And so all of this stuff is so solid, and it's not that hard to digest, I don't think, because it's so basic at the same time, but it's very powerful. So that's probably my all-time favorite one. Again, that's How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. <clears throat> the other one that I really enjoy is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that is by um, Stephen R. Covey, uh, who passed away a few years ago. Uh, he's got actually several books, but this is his flagship one. Um, again, it's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I, I really like the title of that one, too. It talks, you know, again... Uh, it's not about being a successful person. It's about being effective, you know, effective in the way that you manage yourself, effective in the way that you manage your relationships with others, and then effective just in terms of, you know, kind of the legacy you live in life and stuff like that. So that one's a good one. I really like that one on audio, actually. Um, they've gotten a bridged version on audio, 
which to me is nice because it's less than four hours. And the author, Stephen R. Covey, actually, he reads the book, but it's more like he delivers it. Because again, it's pared down, and he's a, he's a professional speaker as well, or he was um, kind of in his working life. And so, I mean, this is his material. He's got great energy. You can, if you ever watch him on um, online, you can kind of get a feel for who he is. He's kind of an older guy, you know, with a shaved head, bald head, and he's just got great, great energy. So again, introduce something positive into your life. Get rid of uh, some of the negativity the, via the TV and the social media and um, read something positive. There's a lot of stuff out there. And uh, to me, I think just reading in general leads to thinking. Whenever I have a chance to just sit down and read in a quiet place, other positive thoughts start popping into my head along the same wavelength. I always think it's good to have a, a just a pen and paper handy or a little notepad and just write down some positive thoughts. And I think more thinking and less complaining is, uh, is a great place for most of us to start. Again, before we start getting into the tactical stuff of, okay, well, we're going to want to achieve this and do this and do this, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, but again, get your mind in the right spot so that when you start planning these things out, you're increasing your chances um, of a successful outcome. So again, more thinking, less complaining. Uh, that's one of the famous quotes from How to Win Friends and Influence People is um, actually, the, I think the most famous quote is never criticize, condemn, or complain. So if you want to write that on your bathroom mirror or stick it on your uh, fridge at work or whatever, Never criticize, condemn, or complain. That'll get you pretty far. So that's number three, read something. Okay, let's move on to number four. This one I think is a really important one and it can be hard to accomplish, but it's so powerful if you can. And number four is surround yourself with like-minded people. Kind of goes hand in hand with finding your tribe in life. So Go back to some of the ones I just talked about, about um, the negative people in your life or things like that. And it can be really hard not to absorb their negative energy, their negative thoughts. So one of the better strategies actually is to surround yourself with people who aren't like that. And when needed, to start cutting those people out if you need to. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But yeah, I guess I guess I just kind of covered the whole bullet point there. So again, it's really hard to have your own positive energy if you've got negative people in your life. There's an interesting story that I've come across in a couple of the books I've read, and it's about these lobsters in a pot. And so the story goes, um, there's a man and his son walking down the pier, and the people, the I don't know what you would call them, fishermen or whoever they are, but they just they just pulled in their catch of lobsters, and they've got, let's say, eight or ten of them sitting in a bucket. And... The guy walks by with his son and he says, oh my gosh, these lobsters are just in the bucket. The bucket's uncovered. These lobsters are about to crawl out. So he goes and talks to the, to the guy who had pulled in lobsters. And he said, hey, you want to put a lid on these lobsters? They're about to crawl out of the, out of the bucket. And the guy says, oh, no, they won't. He says, watch what happens. And sure enough, as soon as one of the lobsters gets close to the top and is about to you know, get back into the ocean, back to freedom, not going to get eaten by a human being, the other lobsters will grab him and pull him back down and pull him into the pot simply because they're trying to pull themselves up. So it's a very fascinating story to me. I probably didn't say it uh, you know, correctly or, or that eloquently, but basically it's just a, it's just a reminder that it can be really hard for you if you're that lobster trying to make it out of the pot there or out of the bucket. It can be really hard for you to make positive strides in your life and to elevate, you know, um, your level of success and your level of happiness because other people who are around you potentially are constantly trying to pull you down. 
And I think that's just a hard look at reality that a lot of us need to take. And you say, well, look, um, one of the things that really drags me down is that every time I'm trying to make this positive change in my life, I've got, you know, this significant person in my life who's always talking me out of it, telling me I can't do it, you know, kind of tearing me down um, just simply because that's what they do. Negative people, they don't want you to be successful. They don't want you to be positive. And that's a tricky one because, again, I think, and I don't think people do it intentionally necessarily, but, again, like attracts like, and these negative people who don't have any hope and they don't take control and they don't take responsibility, they don't want you doing it. They really don't. They don't want you getting all these grand ideas in your mind, thinking how you're going to make a better life for yourself and you're going to do this and you're going to do that and you're going to stop complaining. They want you to stay where you are. And again, I don't know if people do this on purpose or if that's just the way the world works. That's the way energy works and that's how it flows. But you've just really got to, um, I think, take a few minutes and just see if that is something that is in your life right now and see what you can do about it. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, these are potentially close relations. These are people who are really close to you in life. It could be a significant other or a spouse. It could be, it could be uh, your parents um, or your in-laws. You say, well, look, these people are constantly belittling me. You know, I've got an idea and they're tearing it down. And I think you really just have to say, what do you want in life? And can you achieve it with these people, you know, near you on a, cons on a consistent basis? and potentially make some difficult decisions. Hopefully you can make that decision with your significant other and you guys can move forward together. But I think there are a lot of people, unfortunately, who really need to cut out some close family members in their life to make the gains they wanna make um, because they're simply just being held back. Doesn't mean that you can't make positive strides in your life while those folks are around. I think it just makes it that much harder. And then of course the other, the other side of the coin there is even if you're not gonna feel comfortable cutting people out or it's not in your best interest to do so right at the moment, um, start looking for people who are thinking like you're thinking. Look for people who are trying to make positive improvements in their life. Look for folks who are trying to, you know, reach certain goals or do certain things and just start spending more time with them. Come across this a lot too in different books and just different things I hear is that if you look around you and you look at the five people that you spend the most time with, what they say is that you are an average or a composite of those five people. So if you look around and say, well, I spend the most time with these five people and you don't like what you see, what you might just want to do as a positive way is start spending time around people who you would like to be like. Um, this is kind of a, uh, a classic rule in business. If you want to, um, if you want to be successful uh, in a certain aspect of business, start talking to people and, you know, getting close to them um, who have already been successful or, or who are where you want to be. Um, you say, okay, well, I'm going to start spending time with these people. I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to, you know, maybe have a mentor with them. And this is going to help you um, realize those changes and things like that. So again, kind of two sides to that coin there, uh, getting rid of those people who are potentially dragging you down and who will continue to do so or distance, distancing yourself from them. And then just surrounding people who, is, who are like-minded with you um, and who are headed in, the, in a similar direction that you are. And, uh, the best example I could give you in my personal life is uh, with the way that uh, my wife and I raise our kids. It's not what you would call conventional mainstream. And I don't think what we're doing is anything too crazy or out there. I think it's just different. Um, so like with our kids, we're a little bit more play-based, hands-on, empathetic, compassion, kind of teaching kids to be human beings before you teach them to be students, essentially. 
part of that process is that uh, we basically don't do technology with the kids. So again, I don't think it's that crazy because if you rewind 50 years ago, there was no technology to contend with. Um, but nowadays, technology is big in kids' lives. You look at the amount of kids on the iPhone and the tablet and the TV and who can access YouTube from their smart TV and all these crazy things. To me, it's just not the way that um, my wife and I want to raise the kids. So will we be successful taking the kids to a public school where all this stuff is constantly surrounding them? Not really. So what we had to do was surround our, we had to find our tribe surround ourselves with a school of like-minded people um, so that we had that support. And so we're not alone, you know, trying to battle the world, you know. Um, and, you know, we have that support and we have that community and we have, um, you know, we have people that we can relate to, which is really important when you're trying to stay on track. And again, you look at it just the same way in your business life or your personal life. You've got to be around people who have similar desires and aspirations as you, who can support you, who can cheer you on when you're having a bad day, who can tell you that it's okay to struggle, you know? So if you don't have those folks in your life, start finding them. And um, if you need to make some difficult decisions, you know, give it some thought. So that's number four, find your tribe. Okay. Let's move on to number five. So <clears throat> I would say those first four are kind of, like I said, a little more principle-based, a little more strategic. Now we'll get into a little bit more tactical. Five is kind of in the middle, somewhere between strategic and tactical. Uh, but basically number five says um, you need to define your goals. So that's a tricky one for a lot of people. You've got to define your goals. Um, what do you want in life, essentially? And again, this could be on your personal life, could be spiritual, could be emotional, interpersonal, uh, and then, of course, your business and work life. And part of, I think, defining your goals really is defining what success means to you. I think a lot of people use that term a little bit loosely. Oh, so-and-so is very successful, very successful, blah, 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 doing this. And what they're really saying is so-and-so has a lot of money, potentially. Oh, do you see so-and-so on Facebook? He's very successful. He's got this business going here, going there. The reality is you have no idea how successful that person is. Do they have a lot of money? Potentially, maybe, who knows? Facebook is such a highlight reel. You'd be surprised what you don't know about people. Um, but the other thing is just because that guy has a lot of money or that gal has a lot of money doesn't mean that they're successful because at the same time, if their personal life is in shambles, um, their kids, they have no relationship there, they're not pursuing things that make them happy in life such as health and well-being and travel and things like that, they really could be very you know, quote unquote successful in one aspect of life, but not really overall. And that just comes down to the awareness of saying, okay, well, what would, what would actually make you feel successful in life? And you've got to define that. And if you go back to the book I mentioned, one of the books I mentioned earlier, which is The Strangest Secret, which again was like $3 on Amazon, he's got a really good definition of what success is. And I'm going to read it off to you here. So according to Nightingale, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So let me slow it down. Progressive realization of a worthy ideal. So I think what we need to start with is that worthy ideal. And that says, what is success? Success could be, you know, doing this well at work or doing that well at work, but it has to be something that you've chosen, that you've chosen consciously and you define in your mind. Um, he uses a lot of good examples of like, this is a successful teacher. This is a successful um, stay-at-home parent. Um, they've defined what is success 
and they're they're working towards it constantly. So that's the progressive realization is that you're working towards it. You chose what you thought would be success in your life, what makes you feel good and fulfilled in your life, and you're working towards it day in and day out. That is Nightingale's um, definition of success. And I think it's super important that we just realize that we need to choose what success is before we start chasing other people's versions of success. Because again, if we see this guy on Facebook and he's always so successful and I start trying to be like him, and then it turns out at the end of the day, you know, I achieve quote unquote success financially, but I really don't feel good. I, it wasn't my, it wasn't actually what I wanted to chase in the first place. And another, um, another quote that I kind of highlighted in um, the Strangest Secret book by Nightingale, um, he's got some really interesting ideas in there. And again, they're not like earth shattering, but they're just really solid. But he says, the opposite of courage is not cowardice. It is conformity. So that word conformity is an interesting one that he brings up in the book. And he says, basically, that's the problem with society, in Nightingale's opinion, is that society encourages conformity. So you just go with the flow. 95% of the people are doing the same thing as each other because that's what they think they're supposed to be doing. So courage is going against conformity. Courage is deciding what success means for you instead of letting other people decide what success means to you. And I think the famous phrase that pops into my mind when you think about conformity is um, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, so again, the successful business person or, you know, the Joneses drive the Cadillac or the BMW or whatever, you know, we got to keep up with those Joneses because that's what, that's what uh, society tells me success is like. And, you know, when you turn on the TV, again, there's that, that beloved TV um, all the effective advertisers and marketers are telling you, well, success is and happiness is driving this car or is looking this way or, uh, you know, eating this food or whatever. You've got to be really careful about um, who you let decide what success is for you and just take the time to define it for yourself. And again, success, to wrap it up, is, um, is anything that is anyone deliberately pursuing a predetermined goal. So just like we said earlier, that worthy ideal, that's your goal. If you're deliberately pursuing it on a day-to-day -day basis, that is, the, that is the definition of success in Nightingale's mind. And obviously you want to arrive at that goal, um, but just pursuing it is what will give you that fulfillment, that enjoyment. In the book, he uses, he uses a ship analogy, which I think is pretty helpful. He says, you know, there's this, there's this big ship um, and it's sailing out of the port, but it has no idea where it's trying to go. It has no goal. It's just going. It's just moving. It's got to get moving. You know, life is busy. You got to keep moving, doing this, doing that. You know, if you have some level of an idea of what success is in the back of your brain, um, but you don't really know what it is and you're not steering your ship towards that, you will never arrive at your destination. You're just going to be out in the ocean, you know, chugging along, burning fuel all day long, have no idea, having no idea where you're trying to go and certainly never getting there if you don't know where you're trying to go. So again, figure out where you're trying to go and then direct your energy and your efforts in that direction and just pursue those worthy ideals. Now, sounds easy, I'm sure, <laughs> but maybe just something to think about. Pick up the book. Like I said, it's a lot more detailed than the podcast. Um, the other thing I wrote underneath this uh, number five, determining what success means for you and defining your goals, is just not being afraid to fail. Um, and that's another thing, I think, when you look at you know Nightingale's opinion that conformity is a, is a big issue in our society. The fear of failure is a huge issue, I think, in our society. From day one, we're taught that failing is a bad thing. 
Um, and it really can discourage you from taking the risks necessary to succeed in life um, or just branching out and trying something new that might drink, that might bring some real enjoyment into your life. And if you ever get on a, you know, a, a book reading binge and start reading self-help books, the majority of them will tell you that failing is the quickest way to learn and you want to fail forward. So the most successful people in life are not the ones who haven't failed. They're the ones who have failed the fastest. They failed quickly and repeatedly. And like I said, they've quote unquote failed forward and they've learned from their mistakes. And that's how they've made so much progress in whatever aspect of their life you're looking at. And the other, um, I think part that goes with that about being afraid, not afraid to fail is that it's okay to be uncomfortable. It's okay to pursue things outside of, of the norm just for the purpose of, of trying something. But again, the, the issue of conformity can kind of get in the way of that sometimes. Now we've got, so defining your goals, um, let's just give me, let me give you one tactical piece of advice here when it comes to defining your goals and defining what success means to you, because I don't think this is always an easy answer for most of us. And it's going to take some conscious thought and some time and some potentially discussion with someone um, who you can use as a sounding board. I didn't write down the book that I got this from or the author is an audio program actually that a client of mine gave me. Um, really good one though. He said, three questions to consider when you're trying to determine these things. So question one is, who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Who do you see yourself being? Um, write down as many of those ideas as you can. Who do you want to be? Um, I did this about a year ago and I had a whole list of paper. Who do I want to be? I want to be, um, I want to be this type of father. I want to be this, um, you know, this type of business person. Um, I want to be healthy. I want to be active. I want to be this. I want to be that. And just bringing together a really clear picture of me personally. Who do I want to be? What do I want to look like um, in terms of all of these different things? So that was the first one. And basically in this uh, audio program, the, the author said, uh, you know, write down as many ideas as you can for five minutes. Look at the list and pick like the top three, top three or four and say, that's okay. That's who you want to be. Bring that into focus in your life. Uh, so that's question one. Question two then is what do you want to do? So you figure out who you want to be. What do you want to do? Do you want to do uh, something specific in terms of your work, something specific in terms of, you know, traveling, um, certain things you want to do with your kids or your spouse? Um, so consciously think, what do you want to do? And then the third question would be, um, what do you want to have? Do you want to have certain possessions or certain types of things? I think you can get creative with this one. I don't, I don't always think of what I want to have in terms of possessions, um, for me, it was like, I want to have time to do this. I want to have uh, the freedom to make these decisions, stuff like that. So those are good um, things for you to kind of just consider before you're making your goals. Um, obviously, be as clear about defining your goals as you can. Think about what success means to you. Make sure that the goals that you are defining and hopefully writing down on a piece of paper are really um, indicative of what you want to achieve in life. So again, a little more strategic um, but also, uh, let's get down into the actual tactics a little bit about considering those questions, maybe writing a few of those ideas down and then, and then picking them out. So that's number five. We're going to keep going because the next, I think the next five are going to be a little bit uh, easier to get through than the first five. So number six, once you've figured out these goals, one nice, easy strategy that you can use that will help you, I think, improve the likelihood of achieving these goals is to tell someone about them. So be specific about your goals, what you actually want. Um, be clear about them. Make sure they're important to you, like we talked about number five. And then tell someone about it. Hopefully this is someone who, again, is a like-minded person who can support you, um, who can help keep you accountable in a good way. 
and who can say, yeah, this is great. I'm going to, I'm going to be there with you and I'm going to help you stay accountable. And, um, and then this is going to give you a better shot at achieving those goals. It's pretty common, like in the business world, or I I would even say like the workout world to have a, have an accountability partner. I mean, I think that's the reason people go to the gym in pairs is because you're just so much more likely to show up at the gym on a day-to-day basis if that's what you want to do, which I'm not a huge gym person, but it's an easy example. But if you have someone who's going to meet you there, you know, dragging yourself out of bed at 5.30 in the morning to do something that's good for yourself, um, it's a lot easier if you say, well, so-and-so is counting on me, so-and-so is holding help holding me accountable, and I'm helping hold them accountable, and there's a little more skin in the game that way. So I think an accountability partner is good and just telling someone about your goals. Um, and then consider... Even if this is someone across the country from you, you know, in a similar business or on a similar path in life, consider just doing like a weekly check-in with them. You know, this is this is how my week went. This is what I said I was going to do this week. Um, kind of like a scorecard. Yeah, this is how I did. Um, and these are some changes I want to make next week. So hopefully that's somewhat strategic or, um, you know, practical for people. Tactical, if you will. So get those goals really clear if you can. And number five, And number six, tell someone about it. Help hold each other accountable. Cool. So that is number six. That was quick compared to the first five. (laughs) Okay. Number seven. So we've gone through all this process of thinking and deciding. And, uh, you know, we're working on our awareness and our positive thinking. You've got your goals. Um, The next thing you really need to do uh, is you need to make a plan. So I'm all for action, but it behooves you to make a plan to achieve your goals first similar to that ship analogy, you've determined where you would like to arrive, where your final destination is. Now let's make a plan on how you're going to get there. Um, are you going this direction? Or are you going that direction? Things like that. So all of these positive thoughts that you're bringing into your mind, they're pretty much, they're pretty much just a dream unless you actually plan out how to achieve them. So I'm going to butcher this quote. I just know this is my business coach again, Paul. And I'm pretty sure what he says is um, thoughts without a plan or a dream. That makes sense. And plans without action are a nightmare. So I'm kind of getting into number eight, which is take action. So get your thoughts, your goals, plan them out. So they're, they're more than just a dream. And then we'll get to number eight about, you know, you can have these grand plans, but if you don't do anything, uh, they're a nightmare. So don't get that confused, too. We talk a lot about the power of positive thinking and thinking, 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 all these things that you want to attract into your life. The law of attraction is all about thinking. Um, What they will tell you at the end of any of these books, though, is at the end of the day, all the thinking is definitely vital, necessary. But if you don't back it up with a plan and action, nothing happens. So <laughs> as, as easy as it sounds, you know, to think and grow rich, uh, that book by Napoleon Hill, you really can't just think yourself into success or fulfillment or happiness or abundance. Um, you actually have to do something. And it just behooves you, like I said, before you start doing things to make a plan. So that's number seven. Uh, make sure as you're planning out these things, uh, that you prioritize your time and your actions to support your goals. And I think a, um, a key point that I want to make here too is a lot of times when you're when you're planning out um, how to achieve certain things, you really have to figure out all of these things that you're going to have to say no to. And there are some things, depending on the situation, that you can just flat out say, no, this does not get you anywhere closer to where you want to be. It's a total distraction. Um, let's just pick on the TV again. Just say no. Or, you know, things that come up, people ask you for certain things, you say, no, it's just not worth the time and the effort. Again, it doesn't get you any closer to who you want to be or what you want to do 
or what you'd like to have. Um, so some things you just got to say no to, and of course say it in a nice way. And then depending on the position you're in, um, you can delegate certain things too. So whether this is uh, splitting up work, you know, at home with a spouse, for me, you know, as a small business owner, there's a lot of things that I do that necessarily, I don't necessarily have to do that I could delegate to somebody else. So again, be, um, be very deliberate and aware of how you prioritize your time and how you prioritize the, th the activities and actions you're going to do to make sure that they are uh, moving you in the direction of your goals. So that's number seven, make the plan. Number eight, like I said, is kind of an easy, um, an easy follow-up to that one is to take action. So again, positive thinking, like I mentioned, the law of attraction, all of those things are extremely important and they will help you out. But all of that thought without any action, you just won't go anywhere. You could sit in the harbor in that ship and think about where you're going. You know, you're going to the Hawaiian Islands, but if you never leave the harbor, you're still in the harbor. You know, you might be you know, very positive about where you are, um, but you're not actually getting anywhere. Part of what I think snags people in this phase of life is uh, that, that fun term analysis paralysis. So you want to avoid that. And that might take you back to the planning section. There's, oh, well, we could do this. We could do this. We could do this. Choose one. Choose what you think is the best, simplest plan to get you where you want to go and go for it. Avoid analysis paralysis or overthinking. Avoid, uh, avoid the idea that you've got to have everything perfect before you start moving towards your goal. I think as long as you have the right direction, you can start moving. You don't need to have every single little detail down to the minutia figured out. You know, you can, you can figure out a lot of these things as you go, but the thing you've got to do is you've got to get started and you've got to get started in the right direction. Again, don't just start for the sake of starting because you, you could be pointing the ship in the wrong direction. But again, just go in the direction that you want to get going to. Another nice analogy that I'll throw in on, on the um, tail end of this one is they use the rocket ship analogy a lot in business books especially. And they say, you know, 97% of a rocket. And I'm talking about a rocket that's trying to leave the planet and head to, let's say, the moon or to Mars. So this is a rocket that's trying to break the gravitational pull of the Earth. 97% of the rocket's fuel is used just to get off the ground and to get going and out of the atmosphere. And then you've got 3% left to steer the rocket in the right direction. So it's a pretty interesting analogy because they're basically saying you've just got to get off the ground. You've just got to get moving and you've got to go obviously in the right direction, but you've just got to go. So consider that as you're thinking about where you want to go, plan your actions accordingly and, and get moving. So that is number eight. Got two more. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, number nine, this is a good one to keep in mind because you can get bogged down or, you know, we talk about not being afraid to fail, but then you do fail and doesn't feel that great. Maybe number nine is enjoy the ride. Have a little fun. It's not always about achieving the goal. Go back, to, go back to the definition of success that we talked about with the strangest secret. It's just the pursuit of that worthy ideal. It's moving in that direction. That for most people is what success is all about. <clears throat> if you're a teacher, a school teacher, is what's gonna make you feel successful being this perfect teacher that you have in your mind, um, all of these positive things that you're you know, impacting on young people's lives, things like that. Um, or is it the pursuit of that? Is it the pursuit that you're growing every day, you're learning, you're trying, you're moving in the direction that you really feel consciously is valuable and it's a good use of your time and it's giving you purpose and direction in life. That's what it's all about. So enjoy the process. Um, don't always be too hung up on um, the overall outcome, um, even though, of course, that is where you're trying to get to. 
but enjoy the enjoy the ride, have some fun. And this was a big one in the Energy Bus book. So again, if you're looking for like a real easy, positive read, I definitely recommend the Energy Bus. And that's part of it. You know, um, some of these things can be difficult. And we're not, most of us adults are not really taught to handle failure or shortcomings well. And so some of the time you just have to say, look, this is part of the process and part of the, the growth and the journey in order to get to where I want to go. And I'm not going to get too worried about what happened today because this is this is a journey and I'm going to have some fun along the way and I'm going to enjoy the fact that I'm trying to do something that I feel is valuable and that I feel is worth my time and effort and that's going to have a positive influence you know on my life and other people's lives and things like that so be very aware of that and just try to have some fun that's number nine okay last one I'm going to leave you with then this stuff is hard to do um, again, it's easy for me to talk about it on an hour long podcast and kind of make you maybe even give you the impression that I haven't got it all figured out, which I certainly don't. I'm trying. And that usually makes me feel pretty good because I am trying to master some of these things and I am trying to be deliberate and aware of what I want out of life and what I want to do and who I want to be around. And that ultimately is, um, fun for me and it's, uh, it's enjoyable, but at the end of the day, most of us could use some help. Um, and so that's number 10, get some help. I mentioned earlier finding a mentor, someone who um, has had success in the areas of life that you're looking for a success. If you're looking for more success in your marriage, start talking to someone you know who has a really good, strong, balanced marriage. Pick their brain, spend some time around them, observe their actions, see what they do, figure out what you can do to yourself to make, you know, to, to go along those lines. So find a mentor. Um, another thing that I really think is powerful for a lot of people is to find a mastermind group. Now that, that term mastermind is I think a little more applicable to the business world, but I certainly don't think that same mindset, I, I think you can apply that mindset to anything. Again, if you have a group of individuals who are coming together and actively trying to challenge each other and to move in a certain direction, it's super powerful. Um, just the level of attention and focus to a specific outcome or ideal is really valuable. So there's all sorts of mastermind groups out there. Um, nowadays, there's meetups if you want to be, you know, surround yourself with people, um, you know, on a certain wavelength or in a certain activity that you'd like to get good at, find them. That's the one thing I will say for technology and things like that is it's, it's easier to find people with like-minded uh, thinking and to connect with them. So use that to your advantage. And then I think for a lot of us too, um, I think it's, I think it's relevant to consider a counselor or a coach or something along the, or both. Um, I, th I think of those two a little bit differently between a counselor and a coach. I think a counselor is more someone who can help you potentially heal, you know, any of those old wounds you have that really no amount of positive thinking can really uh, talk you out of it. Or, you know, I think some of these things you have to address head on. And I don't know how to do that personally. Um, I'm not a counselor. Uh, just here on the podcast, giving you free advice. But I think there are times when you say, look, I just need someone to help me through this, um, this issue that I can't seem to resolve. Um, or I'd, or maybe you don't know what the issue is. And you just say, look, there's something missing and I need help figuring out. I think a counselor is a really good idea. And then a coach is always a good idea too. So I've mentioned my business coach a couple of times. It's good to have someone who uh, definitely knows more than you do, who's um, applied more, who's learned more, and who you can just kind of piggyback off of and you can get direct advice. And sometimes the coach is the person who puts you back in touch with reality and says, look, you can do better. Someone who challenges you. So consider those things too. I look at kind of the getting some help because I actually use that in, 
in some of like the marketing that I do for the PT clinic. And I'll say, look, I can give you some, some good advice on ways to ease back pain and sciatica, for instance. I can show you some good things you can do to take pressure off your back. I can show you some, you know, I can give you this free information on how to stretch certain things and do certain things. But at the end of the day, the reason people come into the clinic for physical therapy is not because they want to, it's because they need to. They need someone to help them. You know, all the free advice in the world isn't going to get them where they need to go because they don't see the bigger picture. They, there are certain things they can't do for themselves. And I think life is like that way too. There's certain things you just can't do for yourself. And so don't be afraid to ask for help, you know, along the lines again of a counselor or a coach. And certainly if you need help with physical therapy, you know where to find us. Shameless plug there. But yeah, so I think just hopefully within those 10 ideas, uh, something resonates with you. And um, yeah, just gives you a little bit of an idea of, you know, if you want to make some positive changes in 2020, those are some things that hopefully you can start with. So again, figure out what you want, make the plan pursue it, take some action, um, and then just give some time um, and some thought to all of the other things that we talked about early on in the podcast. So that is the entire episode. I uh, thought we were going to get a little longer there, but I guess an hour is long enough. I hope you enjoyed it. Like I said, I don't expect that all 10 of those things are going to necessarily resonate with everyone listening, but hopefully one or two of them kind of piques your interest and says, okay, this is something that I can start with. This is something to get the ball rolling in the right direction and uh, this is something that I can take home and, and just start the whole process. And certainly, uh, if you want more advice or even if you just want to share something with me that uh, you think would be relevant to this topic, love to hear it from you. Um, leave my email there in the show notes, but it's just luke, L-U-K-E, at gordonphysicaltherapy.com. That's my work email. That's pretty much the only one I use. I don't really have personal email these days besides work. Um, so certainly uh, hit me with some feedback. I really enjoy people's emails telling me ideas. And, you know, I love to hear success stories once in a while. So we've got something that really worked for you. I'd love to hear it. And certainly if you do need some help and you want to reach out to me, you know, no worries there too. Send me a quick email. And at the very least, I can, you know, maybe figure out a good direction for you and stuff like that. So again, that is the episode. Um, I appreciate you listening. Thank you for hanging in there with me. And um, I hope that 2020 brings you happiness and joy. And um, whatever you decide that success is, I hope that you are able to bring that into your life. And with any luck, the uh, ideas today are helpful. So there you go. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast, sponsored by Gordon Physical Therapy. To stay connected with the Stay Healthy Spokane community, visit www.stayhealthyspokane.com. And we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Spokane podcast.